Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about dope things. My name is God's Will. We got Sam as a co-host. And I got another special guest, as always, but not as always. We got Cy Huck. He is one of the coolest dudes I know legitimately. Like, straight up. Like, I call him James Bond. And it's just so cool, like, to hear, like, his backstory um, and, like, what he's doing now. And then just, just being a part of your journey throughout the years. Like, we knew each other, like, back in college days and i've always been impressed by you you constantly do like super impressive things uh you you're making movies you're doing really cool things around the world uh even like just like charity work you've done uh jobs you're making happen there's just so much to talk about so i'm just like yo come on to the podcast and i'm glad i got to catch you before you're you're going off on your traveling and everything uh, you as well, though. <laughs> I mean, true, right? <laughs> Although, you uh, true, but at the same time, you're also, like, going around a, a, a lot of places. So thanks for coming through. Thanks for having me. No, I mean, this is a this is amazing. I've uh, I've been a fan of this show for for a long time now. I can't even count the count the number of shows I've seen. I think I'm at that point where I've lost count. So, <laughs> hey. um, you know, like when you, when you fall enough, it becomes like routine. They'll be like, oh, when, when is the next post? I see it up and I'm like, all right, that's going on my next uh, gym listen, run listen, nice. drive listen, that kind of jazz. And uh, and I love the, I lo- you know, I, I got to say right off the bat, um, I got to give my flowers right away because uh, I've been holding on to them for so long. I'm so proud of you guys for just – thriving you guys just you know there's always this wall that of consistency people hit and and then uh at a certain point you can only talk about certain things for a while but because you guys represent the culture and are exemplifying it in a, in a in an awesome fashion as the voice of the people i think uh you guys have kept on it stayed on that button and uh, kept on the gas and i really appreciate that that's really awesome for you guys it means a ton that. man thank you that, that, that means a lot to hear that uh i mean shoot like yeah we're about to hit 100 and oh. i i i feel more excited honestly i don't i don't feel like we're anywhere near being done or close to being done or uh stopping on what we gotta do so yeah i'm excited and it's, it's, it means a lot that you um have followed a journey and like now you're on the journey with us too like for real but honestly no like even even more so like you've helped us like literally like with uh like one of the movies that you helped bring to light the journey like that was heck of a a journey for in itself and like you know you you made that thing happen that was a collaboration oh with y'all in a, in a fun way man i had so much fun doing that like when we got to celebrate together in that in that big stage at, at chinese i was at the chinese theater it was more of a of like oh i finally got the collaboration going you know like that was was, it was cool to finally do that because after for a long time you got it it's a solo path sometimes it's not always the case but for me it's been the case like where you don't really get everyone gets you get to catch up with people and like like we've done like we've got to like talk about it but it's never in a way where like oh we got to work on something soon it's like what right and then Mm -hmm. when something finally came up it's a big win for me because it's like didn't drop the promise you know we got to we got to start it, you you made it happen i mean i never like didn't believe that you were not gonna like <laughs> make things happen and the fact that you just brought us along with you i was like hey that that's an honor uh yeah. I, I guess for people like who don't know i wonder if we should go chronologically or just go like hit no just hit the stories as we go through them right so whatever for, whatever you feel I, that's what i'm wondering because <laughs> uh, I, I, I there's so many stories that like i definitely want you to like tell um i i guess i'll have that tell like after i explain what the journey is so the journey 
was uh, a movie. Actually, no. Can you explain the journey? Like, it's way better coming sure. from you because, yeah, you're the one no. who really made that happen. No worries. No worries. Yeah. No, I mean, like, so the journey is um, the first Saudi-Japanese uh, animation collaboration in history um, in a world where anime in the MENA region has revitalized and has been widely accepted and, and watched in, in, uh, in, a, in a mainstream fashion. Um, it's a it's a world where we get to produce and create um, narratives that are diverse and eclectic and and uh, multidimensional and not not just from one certain region. Um, so the, that's what the journey represented. But it's the it's the story. It really comes down to the story of a warrior protecting a city um, in a time pre-Islamic era, pre um, uh, in in a time of the warring times of the Arabian Peninsula. And uh, what that uh, battle would look like, and what it, how it sprouted into the fabric of narratives that are known today. And so it's this cool way of bringing this like historical fiction to life, and uh, and have a lot of action, and, and kind of bring out the uh, the expansiveness of what you can do do in animation um, versus in, in like in, in live action, and also connect with the anime community in a way to sh to show that celebration of diverse stories. So it was a, it was a long road. It was a journey in itself to create the journey, but uh, it's out, uh, you know, we got it with, so it's out with Sony's Crunchyroll and you can watch our Crunchyroll today. And uh, yeah, in our collaboration during the uh, North American release of the journey, we got to do a big celebration in LA with the Chinese theater. And um, you guys helped out big time in terms of, being a part of that entire event and uh, and representing in a fashion that um, got the community excited about it. Now you go on Crunchyroll, and um, I'm really happy to see the response of how people are defending diverse stories at the same time, celebrating it and and uh, and and enjoying it. So I, I I'm really appreciative of all that. I take nothing nothing for granted. But that's uh, that's what that was about. <laughs> that was a tight experience. Yeah, Sam was there too. Yeah, that was dope. <laughs> No, I remember. I remember there was the uh, the blanket fort party. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't oh, know man. if that's public record. If that's public, news. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we talked about it. But also, I feel like there were so many stories that came from the night that we didn't talk about. I mean, dude, uh, I was happy that you came through. You came in there like a baller, and then like we had a nah. the best of times, and it was just like, yo, I'm doing this project. I felt, I felt a little guilty because I, I I felt like I showed up like um like a. Like some mob boss or something like that. It was tight. Like, I yeah, know it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I did, like in no way is that. How I, I was like, oh, or or my show, I was like, let's get the let's get the boys together. Then you guys, but this is on y'all too. You guys kind of like played along with it, where everyone's like looking at like everyone coming together, and then you guys opened up like a a random closet, like a, like side a random door. I mean, that's, in the side that's actually wall, what we do it. all the time. Like we just, we usually do that. Like at least once per party, you know, it's like, okay, here's the big meeting that we have, that we have. It was to... a boss move. Like you guys opened up like a hidden wall and you're like, all right, we're going to meet here. And then we like started talking in that room. And I was like, this is a very cinematic style. It felt very of cinematic. Oh my too. gosh. Exactly. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Cause I was just feel like, that felt like more than, Oh yeah, typical thing, <laughs> like, but like I, I like a, like a debrief. It. It, it felt like all right, we got to do this this fashion at oh nine hundred hours. Everyone sync up their time on their watches in <laughs> three, two, one, and then yeah. go. And then <laughs> we were <laughs> we were having about after that. Good times, good times though. It was oh good. man, good times for sure. That was that was a hell of a party. Oh my gosh. So uh, let me. Uh, I would love for you to tell me about uh, your story uh, from iHeartRadio to going to L.A. And then because like that was like a hell of a time in itself. And I think it would give people like a sort of good 
image of like okay this who this guy is right yeah i mean uh i would say it starts a little bit before that too because i we met during we really started collaborating at a creative level during, at the kiss fm when yes. i was in the kiss fm level but before that um you know i was my story is i, I was born in trondheim norway like a fisherman town in Norway it used to be like the Viking merchant capital. Um, Trondheim used to be the city called Nidaros, which is like the Viking merchant. They used to trade the weapons and mobilize the armies there and stuff. And and now it's a fisherman town and it's really peaceful and it's like completely opposite. But I was born in the peace and uh, well, I was born in a blizzard. So in the chaos of peace. But um, from there, I got exposed to actually all of Japanese storytelling. So I didn't actually watch any Western stuff first besides um, what was being shown on TV and like that was like Kurosawa films and live action watching like um, Seven Samurai and Yojimbo and and just and just like also the light light novels were coming up at the time as well so I guess a lot of anime was starting up that was that turned into mainstream so like Pokemon was really big and like Pokemon started off and then Dragon Ball Z was like every time it said like next time on Dragon Ball Z it was actually the next time on Dragon Ball Not Z. just like was, an episodic type of deal, right? Right. Or yeah. you could like watch it in advance or like binge watch. Like it was the next time for everybody on Dragon Ball Z. Like that's that was a great, great um, uh, style of delivering uh, a, a long form narrative like that in such a extended fashion. And even like back then I was, because a kid, I didn't mind fillers or anything either. Like I thought fillers were dope too, right? Like it's just like, <laughs> more action, more exposure in that world. And then from there, I just continued to just watch the, the anime that I'd missed. Uh, going there, I moved to Canada, and I was continuing to watch. Um, it's actually very interesting chronologically breaking down the journey in terms of the anime I watched. So it was like Darker Than Black, and then oh. uh, Samurai Champloo, yep. and then Clanid. So I got into Slice of Life through Clanid, which okay. is like a heavy dose. That's a heavy <laughs> one. Yeah, exactly. I was like, that's a like, heck of a I'm one. I'm like, damn, yeah, that was really heavy, but I love it. Look, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I got into that. And then at th- a certain period, um, all those anime styles just like evolved. So then I got into like Fate, Fate Stay Night and Full Metal Alchemist, like the first first uh Ooh, og one yeah. of them mm-hmm. and then the ogs weren't like as satisfactory and then like like the universe as if that back then it was just the universe talking we got newer forms of both that were much better <laughs> crazy zero, yeah. I mean, I'm zero came out glad yeah, that we did no. yeah because i mean we get yeah, we could have got stuck with the uh that's crazy that they did remakes of these especially like so quickly or so like, quickly yeah, yeah. and yeah, it's actually they ended up being like way better yeah i've never actually thought about like how unconventional that is right well today you can't you like today we reboot things that are uh, maybe there's a period of time where it has to we have to earn the bravery in the in the studios to be able to uh, justify bringing like roy kenshin's coming back like who knew like now how many years has it been since the last roy kenshin so um so like we so it takes a while for those reboots to happen but back then it was almost like ah that wasn't good we're gonna try again (laughs) right right afterwards like a retry Um, instead of a reboot right exactly but and and i'm not sure actually off the top of my head if it was the same studios that i think it was different studios that would make sense although that's interesting also that like a a different studio be like hey we want to try that better that is true because that's that's basically the consortium and the board and the mangaka all agreeing to take a new direction somewhere else quickly which yeah in, in in the anime production world as i'm learning and, and know now it takes a while for any of that to happen it's a it's a long conversation years yeah oh my god years gosh. for the conversation <laughs> to happen before anything gets greenlit um so a lot of those a lot of those things get thrown out 
left and right and it some things get caught in turnaround so it's just like just spinning in circles of approval and back then it was just going up like it was a like a ticket like it was like the next thing coming up so it was, it was a cool time to think about man um but yeah i went from that to florida and then did all my like uh, made all my mistakes in like Florida at growing up in, in middle school, high school years. <laughs> what a place to make and mistakes then, though. <laughs> I, I know, right. Man. They present all the mistakes for you. <laughs> um, so, so you get to, and uh, you learn from them and you get to learn from them very early, which I treat as a gift now in my life. And um, I'm happy because I have friends now that are going through those stuff now, like later in life. And I'm like, well, I, I now realize that I've tripped up very early in my life to learn from it, to have time to correct it and thrive for, for a, in routine for a long time versus having to readjust and recalibrate, which is okay as well. Um, but for those that may be listening that if it's happening, those trials and tribulations are happening early in your life. Um, I always relate back to those old samurai stories where the samurai families would tell, say, a young kid that had his arm chopped off or something accidental had happened, like he fell off a, a cliff and he broke his arm and now it, it, he'll never be able to use it again. The kid is sad because he's never going to be able to go into battle as a samurai. But the samurai tell him, you're very lucky for that to have happened to you. You know, that's what they would used to say. And now I look back at it and I go, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of very relevant to today's time as well. Then I came to Texas and I was like, I'm going to start anew. And I think Texas is a good place to do that because it's like, the wild um, mix yeah. of so many different cultures and 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 uh, and languages and races and foods, especially. Um, and so in, in Dallas, I pursued an English major and like and started just write and screenwrite. And then at the same time, um, gone to radio and I ran a, a show called Technologic Radio, which was like on the rise of the EDM world as a supporter of the arts, um, but never uh, as a creator, just a supporter of the arts. But got to see like the creative processes for a lot of uh, artists at the time that now are much bigger and uh, have much bigger platforms. And, uh, and I got to kind of see the makings of what it took, like what kind of discipline it took to make. And then when I got into radio, I really got to see like as an honor and personality, you can, you can create as you're talking and writing and, 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 and as you guys are, have been doing for near a hundred episodes. Um, <laughs> so, so that, that turned into uh, four seasons later of that show. And, having a, a large fan base of um, supporters of BDM. So it's not really like a fan base. It's like a, a community, like a, uh, like I wish we had a discord back then. So we'd have like a, a thrive discord, but we did it. It was just like people calling in and giving requests. And uh, that evolved into um, going off next into kiss FM and uh, being part of that whole club kiss process, the nightlife and uh, working with the on-air personalities at the time, like Billy the kid and Cruz on the radio as my mentors uh, that celebrated that kind of music as well and, and loved the new stuff that was coming up. Um, and that's where God's will, I met you when we got to do the Kiss FM fun, funny uh, Funimation collaboration and uh, and the whole like bringing bring in, uh, on demand radio in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a language together as well. So. <laughs> He's got the cat. Sorry, cat. <laughs> cat. <laughs> it's the most I've never had a podcast with a cat. This cat yet, and it's also I'm learning is like maybe not the best time because she's no, hungry. A, no, no, I'm having a great time. Although she's yeah. just like I gotta, I gotta do things. I'm just like I'll listen to the story. So, anyways, no, continue. You gotta get you gotta get Nami on a on a microphone. She's really talking to him. She'll have say things something. to say all the time. Wow. Wow. Microphone shy. It's, it's <laughs> tough. You gotta, Nami will go through radio training one day. 
I'm going to show her the ways. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, do you feel like, are you nervous before you talk on the radio? Like, do you feel the amount of people that you're reaching? Uh, I I would say in the beginning, you definitely do. Especially if it's like a bigger event. It it never really Mm -hmm. goes away when it's a bigger event. Like um, one day we were doing a, a charity event, right? Like a marathon. So it was like being in the studio for... Um, I think it was like 48 hours. So running wow. a show 40 hours straight and then just mixing and having guests come in and just coordinating. Um, and like uh, the people that are also in the station there that aren't on, on air, they're like feeding you. They're basically giving you meals as you're like yeah. in between songs. Um, and you're raising money for that. We were raising money for a, a good char- charitable cause. Um, and that's when the pressure does, you do feel that pressure because you're like uh, the people that are listening, you want to keep that energy up. You want to keep, you just thinking of like people working out to it. You're thinking like, it was a music show, right? Like, so mm-hmm. it's the applications of what music can do and what you're trying to, uh, facilitate and, and keep going in terms of vibes. And, uh, yeah, so you feel pressure then, but otherwise on a day when you just show up the radio show or show podcast, whatever you're creating, I would say any art form today relates, um, it turns more in the beginning, yes, but then it turns more about how it f- fulfills you as an artist, right? right? And it fulfills you as someone that is trying to get on a show to learn more about themselves. So you get more guests on, and they tell you things, and then you start thinking about it later on. That's the stuff I started to live towards. So it's like, what am I going to learn more and more about, or what can I hear that I haven't heard before, or um, what kind of wires can I can I cross that haven't been crossed before that make this like amazing feeling that I can learn from? So that's what it became, and I think that passion. When it becomes about fulfilling what you're trying to do as an artist, you start to fulfill others in, in even more so because then they're like, oh, yeah, that's dope for me too. You know, If you find that dope for you, that's dope for me. And so that's kind of what um, made everything else kind of subside, like the nervousness and stuff like that. So yeah. how do you feel about like a live performance or like a recording of like you talking live versus creating something like a film where it's like a one – thing that you just make i feel like that's such a a, not a spiritual thing but it's like you're creating something and that's like you know it fulfills your spiritual needs a little bit for me at least i mean yeah how do you feel i mean damn hitting with the hard question i know i was like whoa okay we're fine we're we're (laughs) fine we're fine heavy ones (laughs) uh no 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 it's a great question actually i'm just thinking about it real quick i mean it's a it's a great question because live like a live performance where it's like instantaneous and like people are in front of you or you can uh, feel that right yeah. um you know it's same same feeling the same sensation maybe even in in a more intimate setting even more of a sensation um you have to kind of tap into a different bucket than when you're doing a film because a film is a is a marathon and I would say a film is a creative marathon and a live performance that is instantly live. It does also take a lot of prep, but in terms of the execution, it's like an explosive like a sprint. Uh, yeah. yeah, sprint. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, two different preps and two different training for both. Um, and in terms of collaboration, I feel like in my experience, at least, and I can only speak for myself, a live, more intimate performance or something on air where a lot of people are listening instantaneously and they're hearing your your positive positive things and your mistakes right Right. like you make like i've had i'm not gonna lie i've made many mistakes dead air like crazy or you're mixing and you're on the wrong channel and you realize you've been playing for two minutes and no one's listening to anything but you are listening to something you know (laughs) you've been jamming the whole time going oh nobody listened to that that song you know like that kind of thing and Mm -hmm. dead air also gets you in trouble because then the the station director calls and goes hey what was that i was listening in 
And then you're like, out of all the times you listen into the studio station, <laughs> you caught the one, the two minutes of dead air, like the whole time, like what's going on. Um, I find out later that they just keep the radio on. So if it's ever dead, it's like a problem. So like, it's kind of mm-hmm. how uh, a lot of station directors do. But um, yeah, I would say it's more of a solo experience and more of an intimate experience for yourself. And the pressure is a lot higher, I think, when you're live solo doing it in, in person. For a film, <laughs> it's... A, it's this long stretch and adventure that you f- you have collaborators, or I hope you do, you have collaborators every step of the way because okay. everyone in a film, um, at least in my sets and my productions, like they, I, I, my biggest hope is they get, to, if they can be the best artist that they can be, or if they get to elevate themselves as an artist in whatever field they're really good at. So like on set when we're shooting, um, if the boom op decides to like really like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see how much how much longer I can hold in the day without be getting tired or a DP figuring out how how long can I keep a shot going then a DP is a, a director of uh, photography cinematographer um, and working with them I trust in their vision in terms of how they want to shoot and how they feel like it should be perfectly lit and then they trust on their camera team like their gaffer to be the painter of light right and they're painting with light and, and listening to it properly cool. and then once you're done with the production and there's so many people that worked on that you have to take it to post-production right so it goes to an editor after that and you they got some of the footage and they're basically writing your movie um once you've shot it and i like to give them distance so like you go ahead and do a cut on your own first and we'll work with that because i would don't want to creatively put you in a box so then it feels like you're collaborating with somebody else and then they're right rewriting it and then you mold it and tweak the fine tune the little things and then you take it off to the sound design. once you do picture lock you lock the picture sound sound team so sound design com- composition all that jazz and then coloring and then the coloring co- colors comes in they color it in the way that that's really uh, big and, uh, and fashionable and and fits the film and then by the end of it you watch it and it feels like you climbed with a a team together so it doesn't really feel like it's all on you or the onus in fact you take pride no matter what because now everyone's proud that they got something done because in right. film, if you get something done, that's the real victory. Everything else is gravy, right? So huh. um, wow. you come to that realization, it makes kind of things easier. Versus live, it's always a nervous experience. It's always an electrifying experience as well. But then I'm sure when you become a veteran, it goes away as well, like anything else. And I hope you – I think it also allows – when you're live and you're performing for people in an intimate setting or like remotely – you kind of also chase that nervousness and electrif- like electrifying aspect of it too. Because if right. it starts to get really comf- comfortable, you start to kind of dull, you feel like you're dulling yourself, you're dulling your senses in a way too. So right. I wonder if you also like, if you, you should, we should always avoid that stagnancy and, uh, or the feeling of being stagnant and just move forward and always keep it interesting and different, you know, and keeping you nervous. Is that, did that answer the question at all? Yes. Or is that you just like <laughs> ranting? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that, was, that, that was important, I guess, to like also like uh, lay out what the process of like making a live radio show is and also like just the steps of uh, making a movie like my only I don't know too much about making movies. And in fact, I do want to ask you, I guess, like how you went from radio to movies. Uh, but right. I, also, I do need to ask, um, have you seen this one anime movie called Pompo the Cinephile? Like it's the only movie i've ever seen that's like sort of shown me like how movies sort of get made it came out pretty recently like last year no i haven't seen i've i've heard about this i've heard I about you, this and i haven't i would love to hear what you think about it because yeah but i about... i have seen shirobako though have you seen shirobako yes yes so that one to me is like the one that i'm like gets me excited about 
the process. Oh, yeah, the I process. love exactly. If you like that one, like the process of like making content, then I think you'll really enjoy that. Yeah, and, but and yes, Shirobako also had like real, like the voice actors in the show were the voice actors in real life that they animated, and they had cameos wow. of real mangakas and um, directors as the actual people in that show too. Really? And I don't think I've seen that as rap rampantly as they did in that show. So I, that's why I find Shirobako as like a, a as a unicorn. I know it took a from the team itself. I know that it it was really hard to get off the ground and and and, or, and schedule because it's it's not all in the box. So. Sorry. Cats, <laughs> not me. Just not me, being a, a, a real scamp right now, but um, also yeah, she that... knows not supposed to jump. But anyways, uh, sorry, what about to say, Sam? I was no, that was say it. That. that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that was dope. Yeah, honestly, Shirobako is really special. Shirobako, for people who might not know, is an anime about making um an anime. Actually, an anime about making anime. There we go. And like it goes through the process. Like you follow this one girl, like who's just starting in the industry and she has to meet everybody that that makes it wonderful show honestly so i'm really glad oh, yeah. you brought that up and um yeah i sort of like those uh, like anime that sort of like shows that process of like making things although making a movie sounds way more complicated and hard and i mean i guess thank god like you know like it, it sort of relies on the the talents of everybody i guess right versus just yes. a director huh and sometimes it is one like you get those things too like you get you get the the one one man bands in the film world as well. Like there are a lot of creators that like to do, they have their hands on everything. There are collab, more collaborative spirits. Um, my my thing is like open heart, open mind. So like let's get everyone involved. Everyone have a suggestion, no matter what. If you're a PA, if you're whatever, um, it doesn't matter. Like if you have a suggestion, you think it's cool, like chip in and we'll 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 play with it and see what happens. And then some people are like very in like that's the vision, the Tarantino. Like it's got to be this way. Um, it's got to be this image. It's got to be delivered this way. And um, or the David Finchers where you do it's not exactly this way, but it's 99 times variations of that one way and then we get to feel figure out which one works uh in post which is another extreme as well so there's many different ways and then but like anime i wouldn't even it's interesting you say that because it looks that way but also anime has got its complications as well right oh, like i think <laughs> i think that process i think shirobako shows really well too because the main character i don't know if there's another character that's kind of like that where we get to see the the rise of a anime producer because she's a producer like the main character oh yeah. A, yeah she starts she's like a producer a, is she like straight a producer or like an assistant at the beginning she starts off as assistant producer okay. she, she does then, the, the natural route in gotcha. Japan there we go and then, and then like, she, she gets produced really, like her own thing she, yeah but she shows how you become a producer too like you got to have that win you got to have that that weight the that one. you hold yeah and then you're like okay now i can hold my own because you've got that win you can leverage that that's exactly how it is in the real world like it is it is as real as it gets in terms of like, if you want to produce something, you got to pull weight somewhere first, not maybe as a producer first, sometimes as a producer, sometimes as a creator, and it, work, it works out. Um, and sometimes it works out with a really strong vision. Other times you work with the team and, a, and it's a grandiose vision, but the grandiose vision actually got sold somewhere and made somewhere. And now you get to be like, I have something you could watch to show you what I've done. Let's work together and make something else. You know, that's what they showed to show about the as well. Huh? Wow, that's tough. right. right. <laughs> it is, it is. But I think it's worth the fight if you really love it. If you really love anime, if you really love live action, if you love both, like I do, like they're both, 
big loves of mine, but you can do both if you really don't mind being in the trenches and just seeing the nitty gritty hard work, the, the dirt between your fingers, the net, like the, the no shower days, the, <laughs> you know, every, the, the days you got to stay at the office, uh, for two days straight and, you know, and sometimes you're by yourself doing it and sometimes other people are doing it with you. It's actually a lot of fun when a lot of people do it with you and they stay overnight. Uh, it's like a sleepover, but, um, sometimes you're by yourself cause everyone's got to go home, but you got to, you had, you were at the end of the pipeline. So you had to wait for everyone else to finish for it to come to your computer so you can, you can zip up those files and send them off at like four in the morning, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And but what's, really impressive, it, you know part of it. what's really impressive to me is like the delayed gratification between yes. when you put the work in and when it pays off, like yeah. you have to be so set on your vision to get through that process. That's really impressive. It, it's true. A lot of times you also have to just come with the fact or come to come to terms with the fact that a lot of your biggest wins will be unsung. Like no one's going to know about it. Yeah. Like they'll know about the next thing, the next project that took two years down the line to make, but they don't know that you saved the anime community a lot of pain <laughs> <Yep>. by, <laughs> by saying no to a project because it would have been easy money. But you said no, because if that happened, the you as your own anime fan, like I'm an anime fan first, right? Like, mm-hmm. If I saw that adaptation come out and I was like a part of it, that's that's real guilt. That's actual guilt. <laughs> like, which is good, you know. Like that's that's wild. Uh, you know, like I I wish that more people were like that. I guess right. I I, I I mean, but I understand too. Like it, I mean, I'm empathetic. I, I think empathy is always the policy, right? And if someone is going through a hard time in their lives and the easy money is the way to go, and it's like oh, I can make a quick right now if I just get a part of this project. I think then that wouldn't hinder someone to say no, you know, like to say yes, you know. So um, it's it's just all circumstance. If you have the ability to say no because you can, I think that's always the right thing, the honorable thing to do. But honor doesn't mm-hmm. have metrics, I guess. And then just you know that's how it is. <sighs> but um, you fight your bat. I mean, in if you want to continue to work in this industry, in the production side and the trading side of things, you just got to fight your battles yeah. and uh, and and not lose yourself in the process. I think a lot of people do, but. I think retaining yourself, your soul, your fandom, your community, your your relationships, you know, being on this podcast, talking with y'all, um, <laughs> it's a it's always a privilege. It's always it's always a big privilege and 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 something that I'm really grateful to be a part of because without that, it's it becomes very lonely and um, and you're in your room for ninety percent of the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. you get your own cave going on. <laughs> so yeah. One, one thing that's fascinating to me is this idea that you can think of something or you can have this idea and then you put it out in the world and people can see it yeah. and they have ideas that bounce off of that. And so like yeah. your origin point can affect, you know, millions, billions even. Right. Is that a motivator for you? Like this idea that you have, like suddenly it's in the brains of people. Yeah. I always thought that was a big thing as a filmmaker. It's like these, you know, visions that you have are now real and people are seeing them. That's yeah, so no, that is a really, really insightful uh, comment. I mean, I'll give you a story. I mean, the first film I ever wrote was a film. It's this one right here, Things That Fall. Um, hey. <laughs> and uh, so Things That Fall, uh, it had died twice before it actually got made, right? So when I mean died, I mean, I meant it had a, its own director first before I was director. It had a full production built out, full team, every contract signed location permit signed, budget, budget, nice, budget, good, ready to go, greenlit. And 
as we were going to shoot, it fell apart. And when it falls apart and you are like the person that put it all, you know, you, you and your, your closest, you know, colleagues are putting it together. It means that all of it falls apart. All of the effort mm. goes apart, but you can't think of it as a waste. You got to keep fighting. Like then it's like sitting down, having it, you know, you can mourn for it. It is, it is your child. You are building like a, a family of somebody and you can mourn it. And then you just got to get back onto it and then you build it up again. And and the reason why I say it's worth creating if you really love it is because of this one moment. It was the third, it was the second time we were building it up and we were doing auditions. And we actually, the director of that, of the second time we built the project up again, which again takes another couple of months, um, uh, we held the auditions at, at the Magic Castle in the basement. And I, you know, it was the first time in the Magic Castle, and Nami agrees. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it's like already a magical place. And then you're holding auditions there and like you hear um, like these lines for the first time delivered. And I like, is the first time I've ever had lines delivered of something I wrote, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it, that's kind of exactly what, when you were saying that, that's what it meant to me. Like that's where I could relate to, where you gave someone an idea and a character and they believe it's enough for it to live in them, for them to perform it. Wow. Uh, right. as, as an actor, right? And when that happened, they said, said the line in their mm. interpretation with emotion, I cried. I, I did. I actually like teared up and I was like, okay, I get it. I get it now. Like <laughs> I'm going to, wow. it's going to, it's going to be a lot of suffering from now on. You know, the art's going to have a lot of pain. <laughs> and this I know is what it, I'm doing, right? But, You're... but now I'm, now I'm hooked. I get it. Mm. I get what people mean about that magic, that, uh, that silent knowledge that um, you hear over and over again, but, uh, but, and you tell yourself, but it's almost, hollow until that you fill it with something of your right. own moment and that's what that was for me um and then and then moving forward that's kind of what scripts and when you write a script and, and then it becomes people attached to it they tell you what it means to them why they want to be a part of it why they're passionate about it um you know that's always a good sign versus like oh i can bring this person i can bring this person i bring this person we'll make it big like instead of the business they tell you the passion first and they tell you the narrative and what it means, then you know you got a team that really feels it's not about it's not about you anymore. It's not about it's all about the story. Everyone serves a story. And and that does matter. Now, based on your question, there is another part that did come up, which is um, those that are aspiring creators and creators that are trying to keep going and make something small or big, doesn't matter what size, to make something. There's always that world, and I know you guys will know it too, where you've had an idea, you've you've set it out to the world so people that are at a dinner table have heard it. And right. nobody's like working, but they all have friends that their own sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And that idea is now getting tossed around. And then a year passes by and then you see a trailer of a film come out and you go, yo, <laughs> yep. that, <laughs> that was my, that was my idea. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Right. And so you get that. Right. And so that is so common. Right. It is such a phenomenon. Like the, I think people always say like, something in the water right there's something mm. in the water like four dinosaur movies come out at this in, this in the span of two years i always wonder then, i mean now we're all talking about multiverses right yeah well yeah. in a way it's multiverse but also i think it's it has to do with like influence dynamics too because yep. i think that like when you have something that's planted you may not be the first person to have said it in the world but it is something that is relevant to the time of where it came from something that made you passionate about an idea that affected you could have been part of a worldly experience that happened for somebody else as well say um the me too movement right the me too movement was very common uh, in terms of it integrated into everyone's social media so it was something that a lot of people had talked about 
of like draining the swamp in Hollywood and all that jazz. Mm. And that sort of ideas of like, it could lead to what other injustices have happened in your life. And you're like, oh yeah, that thing happened in my life. That was, that was, uh, that could be a great story. And then you come out and you start telling people that, and then somebody else has a very similar idea. They could have had the same injustice and it could have been both of you guys thinking the same original idea, but it's just because of the sign of the times of some bigger worldly event that happened. It just influenced you guys in the same fashion. Wow. But there are always exceptions like Christopher Nolan and Inception. When you watch like the hallway rotating scene, you remember the hallway yeah, rotating scene? Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. you're like, wait a minute, I'm having major deja vu. Where have I seen that before? And you go to anime and it's in Paprika. Mm-hmm. You watch Paprika, you look at the scene of Paprika, it is the same scene. It was, It's a hallway rotating. It's like a dream sequence. And you're like, okay, there's something. That's not. They yeah. were influenced something in the that's water. Verbatim. That was, yeah. It's a verbatim influence. And whether it's inspiration or influence, that's always debatable. But um, right. I always find it fascinating because it's hard to take it personally and be like, I'm never – some people take that negatively and they negatively and they never share an idea again. They go, I'm mm. not going to say it. I'm not going to tell anybody. But please continue to do so. The nature of storytelling is to let other people know and be entertained, not to keep it to yourself and, and entertain yourself and be like, hey, that was a funny joke. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think it's dope. Like imagine if you were the – guy that came up with the idea of the rotating hallway in paprika and then you see it in inception and you're like that came from me i, I think know. that's like such a fulfilling thing it is i i, I hope people see it as fulfilling yeah, i was like that's an optimistic way to go about it right like, <laughs> it is very it, it is the right way to go about it and, yeah. and, and 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 if it's something that you know i would say if that's happening to somebody in the in the world um and in terms of like knowing the barriers of entry in, in hollywood in general especially with big directors like that it'd be really hard to get nolan's attention and be like, yo, yeah, hey, let's talk about it. I was the guy who made this. <laughs> but go down the line, like see who is connected to who in the industry. It's a small town. And to let someone know, hey, I was the guy. My name is on the credit in Paprika. Um, that scene was amazing. I saw it in Inception. Is there a way I can send a note and not talk to him directly? Maybe that's too hard of an ask, but send a note and be like, hey, love to connect over something that we both creatively got done. Um, and it's mm-hmm. out in the universe together. So um, empathy is always the way the thing that's worked everything else has been kind of like okay then we're back to standard hollywood conversation <laughs> it's transactional i, I gotta ask how'd you go from radio to mo- movie making like this and like to this level because like it's you know like it's just such a level of like understanding that you also like have about this and uh, yeah i'm interested yeah yeah no it's uh i gotta give japan another another uh high five for this um in 2017 uh, I was in consulting and a kind of little backtrack of that. I was, um, from radio, I wanted to go into executive radio. So then I went into business school, um, at SMU and I wanted to get into the side of getting like a business acumen of some sort, and at least the, the, the process and how to bring things to life in terms of starting a business and how to, how to create a product that's like sellable and viable in the, in the, in the corporate world. And so I, so I got roped into the community of consulting and I joined a consulting firm. I, I knew up, it. You I know, knew it. <laughs> you did? I could tell, yes. It oh, was one boy. of the big three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the big three. And it was like one of those, like, you you, you, uh, you be in a hotel room for 90% of the year, you know? Yeah. You, With black and white wow, presentations. 90%. Exactly. Yeah. And, like, you have, and what is cool is you do feel like a business super soldier. You go from, like, one to one to one to one. You go from project to project, company to company, and you have to talk like you're an expert in a field. But you just but you're, you're you're learning it on the on the flight there, so you're kind of getting your yeah. debrief and, and what have you. Um, so it does rev your brain up and steal your mind mentally and give you the fortitude there. 
Uh, but creatively, I was gone. I was like, I was in a hotel room and I was like, I can't, I can't write anything right now because there's nothing inspirational in my life. I'm just talking data points and numbers and presentations and like even my vernacular has changed completely. <clears throat> so from that, I, I, I said, you know, I need to recalibrate. So I left, I grabbed everything. And in 2017, I grabbed, uh, put my life in a backpack and I just traveled the world. And um, it's, it was cheaper than I thought too to travel the world. So I tell people that all the time. It's like pick a spot in Southeast Asia and just go because it, it's, it's, as, it's cheaper than a vacation you're already planning, I bet. Um, and you get to live in humble settings, humble situations, little to nothing your entire life on your backpack. And then just went from island hopping, island hopping, and then went from one country to the another, to another and ended up in Japan where I lived um, for quite a while. And we did that solo as my introduction to Japan, which you learn very quickly how to live in Japan if you go solo for sure, because right. you got to keep your senses high and you got to learn the, the, the language and keep it up and all that jazz. And when I was there, that's when I could feel my creative come back. That's when I was just like, like you guys ever had that, like where, yes. where recharge, be, yeah, it's yeah. a recharge, exactly. Like you know, no, you when, think you lost it, I guess, but exactly, it just comes like, back, like naturally. Well, well, what what has happened where it brought it back for you? I'm actually curious before I say mine. Uh, I mean, because I think about like when like I was doing my masters, and also like the fact that you did your MBA in a, one year, like I, that's something I think that <laughs> I, I, I'm always like, in me, awe. Bro. <laughs> bro, I I remember like when you're like so long i'm gonna go do an mba in a year and it's you still freaking did like it was just whew, i was so in awe but anyways uh my thing i when i was doing my master's i was like i guess i gotta grow up you know and then i felt you know that was the time i was dancing the least or watching the shows the least or playing games the least mm. um and i was just like oh this is just what life has to be and then i was like no i don't want it to be like this and then i got a job funimation so <laughs> so that, that's how it went for me but um at the same time, I was worried that I lost it, you know, like I lost, oh, yeah. I guess, like what could make me me in a way. Right. Or you know, this sort of nerdy side of myself. I was like, I got to throw it away to become an adult. Right. And, well, you know, the side of uh, discipline, because I think you could you could be a disciplined kid. And one of my favorite quotes is kids play seriously. Yeah, you know, oh, that's a good you one. know, because kids, when they're playing to them, the, the game is the world to them, you know, and yeah. and you can still keep it that way as an adult. You that's what i'm learning be, for sure yeah like be responsible gotta, you just gotta wash your clothes that's exactly it. Like, uh -huh, but like, no one <laughs> says you can't fling your clothes like a rubber band afterwards like right you know? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. make sure when company comes over hey things are cleaned but whatever yeah like I, that's something i i you know it took years to learn myself i guess right i, I love that phrase actually but uh dude i'm happy to, like because yeah i mean consultantship you know like i like it just it just sounds like a place where creativity goes to die but i'm really it was really cool also like when you told me like how you went to japan and then like you rediscovered yourself and you know now you're making movies and doing well actually i'll explain more. how I'll, I'll explain what happened in japan because i'm sure that's always a, a yeah that's a cool well. story but too <laughs> but but yeah but sam what happened what, what about you uh has oh, there been a moment like that for me i can really connect with that feeling that you're describing when you're consulting where you're just like processing stuff and you're not mm. creating anything. I like feel this urge to create stuff. Right. And I'm not doing that right now. I feel like, so I'm, maybe I'm at that stage of this journey. Oh yeah. But I really can relate to that. Like feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where what do you like, feel? What do you feel like you'd, you'd have to do to kind of get back to it? Like, what is that to you? I mean, like we we're talking about earlier, it's just that first one, like right. making one thing. What? And I don't know. I've had a lot of ideas that I've thrown around over the years, but I feel like 
just making something, you know, not physical, but real. Tangible. Yeah, tangible. Ah. That, that's the key for me. And I got to just sit down and do it one day. But That's true. Because he, he has like lots of dope ideas. But yeah, it's just, I mean, I know you're trying to get your life really going. But yeah, at the same time. Yeah. Hey. I think that's it. I mean, but the common thing I heard about heard between both of you that I think is is exactly what happened to me is no one could tell you to do it. Like right. you have to come to that yourself. Yeah. Like when it comes to that yourself, it is an additional. It's your victory. It's yours that you can be proud of. And so I was fairly lost in in fairly lost in Japan, which is very common. Like I'm not gonna lie, that's not that's not a rare thing. Uh, but uh, I was out there and I was in, in Yamagata, which is like in the Tohoku region, like north of, um, of Tokyo. And I took the Shinkatsen up there to visit a friend of mine. And I went to go hike a mountain. And it was like the Yamagata mountain where there's like a temple up the top and everything. Uh, and, I, and, I got, and I was learning like meditation at the time. I learned Zen meditation out there in, in Tokyo, how to properly do it. Because I always like watch the videos and I always had people like guiding and it's great. But for some reason in person always has worked in terms of like any, any sort of tutelage. And so learning to meditate was very important. I was like, why haven't I done this before? But also learning it in Japan also is like something that is part that of sounds legit. Yeah. I, I wanted that. I wanted that to be part of my narrative. Right. So yeah. um, that I made sure it was a priority. And then I started doing uh, to practice Kenjutsu with uh, a, a gentleman that turned his house into a dojo and started to just take in small clients here and there. And, uh, I just talked to them and you have to like talk to him first before he takes you on. And I told him like my life story over like a green tea. And he's like, all right, come in the next day and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll teach you the way of the sword. I'm like, what is this? Like oh, this is this family's art form. And it was, it was crazy, you know, and, and we did like randori sessions. It was, it was very, it was, it was meditation and movement, I guess was what Kenjutsu was. Yeah. And uh, so when I went to Yamagata, my friend was a judoka. So he did judo. And so the whole trip was a, a, a learning experience of like uh, revamping myself back to the disciplines of martial arts, the kind of uh, self, self-acclaimed or self-perceived Bushido that you can kind of like bring on your life that you're like, oh, these are my codes that relate to me that are like borrowed from many different uh, you know, uh, dogmas and religions and, and disciplines that I think make a lot of sense. And they all have to do with kindness and empathy and being a better person and being honorable. And, and, and I think you, I can hold myself accountable to that, but at the same time I can be myself, you know, at the same time I can do what I love and, and what I want and, 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 and be, and, and it allows you kind of that horizon to be worldly and, and or at least puts you in the path that way. I can't make that claim at all. I would never, but um, in, in Yamagata, I had the experience when I was climbing the mountain it was a, it was a very, it was in the winters in December and I was climbing to the very top and you ever been in like a, uh, like a snowstorm where it starts to just like coat your shoulders when you, for, when you forget about it, like you forget how much snow has fallen on you and you go and you're like, Oh Oof. snap, you know, that kind of, that kind of moment. I don't want to me. I wouldn't wish that, I wouldn't wish that on, on you anyway, too, you know, for real. But, um, I had a moment where, uh, all the people that were on that trip on that, on that, on that hike, um, it was very intrinsic. You can ask each other any questions you want, and then everyone would find their own on space in the mountain. And it'd be gorgeous, and you'd find your own place, and you'd meditate or go, come to a common area where like two or three people are hanging out, and then you train with them. And we'd go to the very top, and at the very top of the mountain, there was this uh, temple that was closed, so you couldn't really go inside, but you can like sit like under the little shelter, like the little part of the roof that like is blocking the snow. So I was just on the edge, and I like fell asleep, 
and uh, I was really at peace. And I woke up and I had like a huge amount, like I was in a, what, what they call a snow coffin. Like I was about to just fall asleep and just be covered in snow because it was just, it was snowing really hard. So I shook myself awake and I got really scared. And I came down the mountain to meet up with the, the, the crew that was going to head back down. And as they were heading back down, we had uh, the, the whole discipline is eating one meal a day. So we had like one carb based like meal. It was like rice balls and that was it. Um, or these like mesh rice balls with like uh, brown sugar. And as we were walking down the mountain, I could feel my body slow down because we didn't have any food left. And they were like, yeah, we're out of rations and we're out of things. So literally we were caught in this blizzard in the middle of this forest. We don't, I lost spatial direction. I have no idea where I'm, I'm like, am I going up or down? I'm like cold and freezing. I'm pretty sure I have like some stage of hyperthermia and I'm not complaining because I'm like, if I complain, it'd be like putting my negativity out there. That's what yeah. I was telling myself. Oh, it wow. could also be my help with I hypothermia kick in and saying <laughs> your body's really hot right now. Take off your I'm clothes okay. because right, you know. Um, weird side note: hypothermia. There are cases of people being found in the forest with their clothes Maybe. off, freezing to yeah. death because their bodies are so hot. So they just take their clothes off and they're wow. confused. So that was happening. And even though I know it, I was just like, I'm really hot, but I'm not gonna say it. And I look around, and everyone is the same thing. They're walking very slow. They're walking very slow. No one's saying anything. I was like, guys. Guys, we're dying. <laughs> we need to, let's be real. Let, let's yes. stop being martial artists for one second. We're dying. Like, we need to figure this out. So they're like, you're right. You're right. You know, like, like, sorry, That's sorry. Important to all, say. Someone needs to say that, yeah, right? Everyone, everyone's like, come in this. Like, come in Come in there. Come in there. Like, you're, it's fine. Everyone started apologizing. We're like, we're apologizing for what? We're apologizing for our egos and our, our, our hard-headedness. And, uh, and then so we split the group up. Like one person's like a survivalist, so he knew a lot of really cool stuff. And he was like, I'm going to start the fire. And there's a temple down there that has like a, the wood and kindling and stuff. I'm going to start it. I'm going to try to dry it up. And, and if, it's dry, if it's not dry, I'm going to start to dry it up and get a fire going. You guys go and find food. So we're like, we got to go find food. What does that mean? Like you're in the middle of a forest and it's, it's a blizzard. Like what does that mean? So uh, one of the guys, Yusan, he's like, He's like, uh, he's, a, he's actually a, a master in uh, Kyudo, um, which is like the archery. So he, he had his like hand, hand carved art, uh, bows and arrows and everything. He had, he carved everything himself. And he's like, okay, come follow me. I have like two bows. And he's like, Sai, come with me. I was like, all right, cool. So I come with him and we go to this lake in the, like, it's like halfway down the mountain and this pond in the middle of the night. And we're hiding behind this like snow mound. And again, like, I'm already here going, what am I doing? Like, how, how did it, how do we end up here? Right. And he like, he's like, come like, sit down, sit down. So I sit down behind the mound and he's like, he's like, there, you hear the ducks on the other side? I was like, ducks. And I hear it's like, yeah, there are a lot of ducks on the other side, like just sitting on the frozen lake. And he's like, on the count of three, we're going to stand up. I'm going to give you a bow and arrow. We're going to shoot at the ducks because the ducks are just going to spread out when you stand up. And I'm like, this is how we're going to catch our food to survive. Are you kidding me? Like, like if I miss right now, we're, we're going to die. Yeah. Ugh. So, and I was like, and in no way am I archery master or anything. I have no confidence right at this moment and and i'm freezing again so like he's like one and i'm like are you kidding me he's like two he's like we're gonna do this he's like three and and then we stand up sure enough in the moonlight all these ducks in the air and i'm like oh my god i have one shot for this thing so so i go first and i knock the bow and i go and i just see my arrow miss all the ducks and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I can't believe this just happened. And then he just goes up without even thinking, just, and then like you just hear, and it like hits a duck, and then you see that duck falling into the water. 
And I was like, all right, so that broke the ice. How do we get that? <laughs> and he's like, we're going to go go out there and get that. I was like, hell no, man. Like, I got the flashlight. I'm going to guide you. <laughs> Apparently, you think you know something that I don't in swimming in frozen water, and there's no time to learn. You go and get it. So he got on a board, like rode himself like with a metal rod to the duck, put the duck on the board, brought it back. We walked it back to the place. The fire was roaring in the middle of this Japanese like tatami place. Put the, they fed the duck, put the duck in, and we had duck stew to survive. Wow. It was crazy experience. So then, again, I'm dying. Like, I have no energy left in my body. I'm not even ashamed to say it because, like, this is, like, past the point of, like, being ashamed, right, of anything. And, nor should you in any form. But, like, of course, there's this ego and you're, mean, like, trying to survive, right? <laughs> trying to survive. You're, like, I can do it, right? And so at a certain point, you go, no, I can't. I'm going to die. And then so we're we're – and we, we're all slurping. Our, we ha- we all brought these fold-out fold bowls and stuff. So we're slurping um, this duck stew, and I'm feeling all this energy coming back. And then I'm, like, okay, I can ask a question now because I'm really curious. So I asked you, so I was, like, hey, man, real quick, um, what could I do next time? that could allow me to hit the duck right and again these are more these are the purest martial artists you'll ever, ever meet it's like one plus two equals three like that's life like you're not thinking beyond that you're just living in the flow of life and so he's not even thinking as he's responding he's just slurping his, his stew and he goes well what you did is you looked at all the ducks and if you aim at all the ducks you'll hit none of the ducks and what I did is I aimed at one duck and because I aimed at one duck, even though I won't hit that duck, I know I'm going to hit another duck. That was his belief. And then he goes, <laughs> goes back to smoking his, his meal. And I'm here going, having an existential crisis going, that's exactly what I needed to learn in my life. Like that's what I've been going on this like crazy journey for. I just need to focus on one thing. And mm-hmm. then if I don't make it, if I miss on that thing, at least I have the skills to it'll end up in the right place maybe. And so that's when I came back to Tokyo um, uh, my friend, uh, uh, and, and a co-producer, a friend of mine, um, co-collaborator, one of my best friends, you know, him, Austin, yeah. um, he had a story music project called Azula. He pitched it to Shueisha. We had that exposure, that like excitement, we put some concepts together, the character designs, you met the senior editor, it was this cool thing. And I was like, okay, this is something I could do, um, in terms of narrative and building story. Cause I built the story for that. And uh, came to LA, went to UCLA, applied to UCLA's producer program, told this this story that I'm telling you to the dean in his office. So I called the dean, and, and to backtrack, I called the dean in Tokyo going, hey, is it too late to apply for the program? And he's like, yeah, can you come into, uh, are you in LA? Can you come in like to the office like on Friday? And it's like a Monday. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm in LA, I can come. So I had to buy a ticket from LA to Tokyo <laughs> and, like, and then meet him to That's talk to him in person. Knowing that like in person is probably the best way to my best yeah, chance at this. Absolutely. So then once I got on that track, the producer program taught me how to how to take the stories and bring them to life with the producer lexicon, the t- the talk of the town, and also get myself some mentors that can get me on um, the right mentality in, in buying, selling, creating projects. And now I'm years in doing this stuff and collaborating, and now valuing the the things I should have valued in the beginning, and now I'm getting to do it more. Um, yeah. with some more concentration. So Man, long story that's short, dope. that's <laughs> really, that got me here. And, and it's a tight story. I'm glad you told it. I was like, is it too crazy to ask for that story? But because also like, it's it. just, hey. that that's just like the tip of the iceberg with you too. It's like, there's just so many also like cool things you've done. Like, it, like it's just, Super cool and badass, but it's like unfortunately we don't have all that time. But I do, yeah, do, I do want to keep. That's we want to keep talking. We're not done yet. But are you about oh, to say something, sure. Sam? 
Yeah, no, it sounds I was, like I was gonna this... say like uh, that was probably the longest thing. Uh, <laughs> it was a good. No, that was that's but... tight. Like I remember, like when you told me that, I was stunned. I was like, "Damn, that's sick." <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it either. After that moment, I was like, "I think that I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't pursue something at this point." Like after that experience, and I and I hope that kind of experience for everyone, just not maybe the stakes and the direness and the near death aspect of it. Um, but but yeah, yeah, that kind of those kind of things um come randomly in life and you just got to embrace it and like today's time with everything else and all the unknowns of like where your art may go embrace the things that are unknown too and just take a minute and empower yourself with it as well yeah so that's that would that'd be my takeaway from that dang yeah, i like that's, that that story sounds like it lasted a week but it was like you know one day right i know i feel like it's so <laughs> solidified in your head the type of <laughs> like stuff, every right? moment right Right. You never forget that kind of stuff though. Like it stays, it stays kind of in your blood, you know, and, and in your dreams and nightmares. <laughs> so. And well, one thing that really struck me is interesting is like you were having this internal like battle, internal like dialogue. And then you noticed that everyone else was also having that. Right. And I think that's a big thing that, you know, filmmakers do and storytellers do is like, we're all having these weird internal dialogues that we think only we're having. Right. But then someone says, oh, everyone has this. <laughs> and then suddenly we're all relieved of this pressure. Like, oh, I'm not the only one, you know? hundred percent. I think that's exactly it. I think we, we, we get in our heads too much. We, I mean, the, the rabbit hole goes deep when you're creating, right? Because you are literally creating a character. You're creating a life. At least the goal should be, it should feel alive, right? And so when you're, and especially if someone's going to connect with them, people are going to invest in it <laughs> um, mm -hmm. metaphorically and physically and mentally. It's like, all about taking that personal stuff that you have and and embedding it into those so when you do that you are digging into the darkest parts of your of you you know so that it can be it could be like that very quickly and you're very true and that's very true to say yeah damn yeah wow you're you're, you're a wellspring bro like is it like it's like there's so many things that i do want to ask about but whatever anyways um I definitely do want to ask about your current project that you're doing right now. Your current projects. Yeah. yeah like, well, what, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, like, shoot, there's too many things that are happening right now, but uh, at the same time, feel free to share. Like, what, what are you up yeah. to right now? What are you about to well, go do? Well, right now, I, yeah. I mean, like, we were talking about travel earlier. And, like, uh, from tomorrow to the next year, to January of next year, I'm going to be on the road traveling and, um, for a number of different reasons as it's, uh, I have two short films on tour right now. Um, one of them is called Panorama and it's by the uh, Sunflower, uh, Sunflower Pictures. And um, they, it's a story about a, a son who's lost his mother and is, and is searching for her in the universe. And really we see that search um, of what it takes to find uh, someone that close to you that you've lost and what their last words would be or what what last bits of advice they could give before you come to terms with them being gone forever you know and that's a, it's a very poignant film and very powerful film in my eyes in terms of what it could do to help people reflect off what they see versus escape and another film called the stranger which is um we, we made in in vein of uh, no country for old men and it's about a man who shows up at a heart at a at a, at a, a feed store and says um, and holds a family hostage that's running the store and says you have a number of questions to tell me who I am or you guys are dead. So they're like two different. <laughs> one's a thriller. One's a you know one's a very introspective like 
uh, reflection and uh, and powerful piece of exploration. And another one's like a thriller that makes you ask the questions of what would you do if you were in those shoes? So we're touring that um, from Film Festival to Film Festival. The next one will be at Austin Film Festival for Panorama um, and then Newport Film Festival for The Stranger. So, you know, things like that. And then uh, I have a, a couple of features that are in development right now. Um, one of them is a, a TV show and it's with a company called Binge Labs and they're they're working on um, bringing this story to life in terms of uh, this guy named Dr. Silence, which is by this old horror writer named Algernon Blackwood, who is like an inspiration to like J.R. Tolkien and stuff and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. And he writes like nature horror, like you're psychologically what you're, when you're in nature and you're like, see the, shat- the shadows play tricks. Like, what does that look like if you were just to elevate that one step further? So really cool uh, project there. And then um, a couple of projects that I can't name, as you guys you may know. Um, but then I have a show uh, as a follow-up to The Journey um, with Manga Productions uh, called Grandizer. So we're rebooting the uh, old 80s anime, uh, uh, the Grandizer anime that was big um, and an international uh, scale. And like France still has it as, oh, actually, I have it right here. Like this is what it looked like when uh, so Fran- France has these uh, stamps uh, from the old Grandizer show in the in the eighties, and uh, we'll be bringing that to life um, in the modern sense for everyone to enjoy. And right now we're doing like this uh, design competition for all all artists that want to check it out, where they get part of a cash prize and they're the winning design of a uh, saucer beast, like one of these alien creatures. Um, gets featured that design gets featured on the show so we get to we're uh, gonna push some really cool things where we get to interact and ideas are being accepted where we are um, trying to involve artists that don't have a chance like uh, prior or, or have it like that exposure to the industry that could get something like that made so um, yeah that's that's what I'm doing and all that it could be said really quickly but it takes so long to make <laughs> hey oh, you're, yeah, you're killing it and like it's, it's dope I mean Shoot, we didn't even talk about um, man, boys. Uh, like, there's there's so many movies and like things that you've done that like are like really impressive. I got to see boys uh, this past summer. Wow, it was just this summer. Was it just this summer? Yeah, it was around for. It's been around for a year now. So if you saw wow. it in the summer, yeah, wow, yeah, that's, that's... Right. it was a good time. And I mean, I'm excited to see these movies one of these days soon. That's that sounds that sounds really hype. And of course, Grindizer like that. That sounds like a hell of a project, you know, the fact that they're like getting people um, worldwide, you know, like to be part of a contest, right? To to participate like in the creation or reboot of like a, a this title, like that's that's pretty tight. That yeah, the manga productions team, they're like very, um, they like to be very interactive with the culture, I think, and I think that's really important, especially because there are so many situations where we don't get that, you know, and and I'm glad that. Uh, more people are doing that and uh, we get more projects where we feel like we're involved or feel connected to um, and we get excited about it. like even the bleach coming up like there bleach was back in the day you know there are many opinions about bleach but it's coming back you know yeah. and we get to see that and um, but then we get we get film we get we get anime that become part of us whether they're long running or not like I mean I'll, I'll hit your I'll hit your chords guys will like iron blood orphans right like didn't it wasn't forever it wasn't yeah. it wasn't you know it wasn't like a double digit season type of ordeal but it 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 means so much in terms of what the story comes from who the characters are the 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 angst of certain personalities and what kind of developments those characters go through especially as a crew 
especially not having a safety blanket. How many of us have that experience? Like that's such a, that, that can be very relatable. And I think that we need, we, the more we see of that, the more we will make anime uh, continue to grow in the mainstream light. And we need to continue to do that for sure. Yeah. I love that. Like, <laughs> it, 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 I, yeah, like I definitely, like one thing I've been saying to you personally, but like, uh, I'll say here, give you your flowers also, you know, it's like, I definitely love like how you are intentional, like in trying to, to make this world like, uh, more fun you know more mm. more interactive more collaborative um there's so many things that we haven't even got to talk about i mean like you started up a charity in dallas you all right yeah yeah right <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I, I remember that you uh you were you were a part of that when you when you're in dallas too right yeah I mean, yeah yeah i mean because yeah you just put it out there and i was like yeah why not reciprocate the energy and i thought that was cool um the, you know like hell your your bangladesh trip Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> we have to have bring you back on because there's too many things that just like happen. I do have a, I do have one question I did want to dilly dally with you guys yes. real quick. Yes. Um, so I was wondering this because I recently just rewatched the movie um, uh, of uh, the second movie of Made in Abyss oh, with my. a couple you know a couple you know a couple of my friends and we got to experience that together. And there are so, there are moments that you go your mouth is just open and then you have to kind of scoot it back up going mm-hmm. like. Um, what was that that was different, right? Oh my god! We get that in in different anime. Like I would say Demon Slayer has many of those moments where you go, "Oh, that finale with the fire when the fight was first time we see the fire breathing and the blood are yeah. kind of mesh together." I mean, I I freaked out. I I really did. I got off up my seat going, "What is this? Who did, who did this? Like, <laughs> like, I need names. Like, I need to look this up." Like at Facts. this point, I had my hands out. I was like, "Godfather, like, well, who did this? Like, who did this? <laughs> and like, so I was I wanted to know between you two or individually what are what is a scene that you've recently thought about that you haven't seen the show of like a scene that you saw from another property it doesn't have to be anime but live action or animation that had your mouth like in awe like not your mouth in awe your you in awe but mm-hmm. your mouth open and going what's going on yeah what is this so for me yeah. i have to say it was a cutscene in cyberpunk oh and i don't want to spoil too much the game but yeah the game uh-huh. oh, oh, oh got it got it got yeah, it got the it, video it. game and like after the first chapter i'm not sure if you guys have played it have you played it Sam? i played it yeah i played it yeah, yeah so whenever you are johnny silverhand and he is like an active terrorist and you're bombing you're nuclear bombing a building right and i was like i'm doing this like right. not by my choice <laughs> but like i'm i am him and like that blew my mind Wow. right and like you're getting caught and it's like this thing's about to end and then like it ends and then oh, suddenly wow. like i mean you wake up but i mean that was such a big scene for me because it was like you know you're living this life that you never lived and in a way and, that's kind of perfect for cyberpunk too because mm-hmm. that is the experience of when you have a ghost in your mind a program ghost in your mind like you you are experiencing the memory of someone experiencing that memory Yep. that makes sense <laughs> i think the, the biggest tight. thing is like going out with the bang yeah which is a common thing in the game and the anime i think that's like that was the biggest most profound thing for me true true i mean for me i i i really i did feel that moment i would did connect to that moment i didn't vocalize it though because i think if i vocalized it i'd get in trouble <laughs> So it'd be a, a right. little bit of- <laughs> understandable <laughs> i think yeah it is it is a, a strange thing to connect to 
Yeah. And I think that like there's like weird primal stuff in people where it's like makes your heart pump. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you don't want to say that like you like it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. God's what about you? Wow. Um whew. I mean, that's that's a great uh piece of media. Also, I'm really enjoying the cyberpunk anime right now. I'm almost done. Like it's so it's really freaking good. Um Yeah, we gotta talk about it afterwards. Yeah, oh yeah, I I yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm really enjoying it, though. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, and everyone's like, get ready. I'm like, oh, uh, but if I had to say, I, uh, wish, I wish I wouldn't have told you that. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I wish you didn't tell me that because that's. But anyways, whatever. Anyways, it's, it's <laughs> great. Yeah, maybe I just did that for everybody else, too. Ah, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> but uh, for me, like, uh, it would be the intergalactic movie, the Kid Cudi movie. I just watched that. Yeah. 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 Me inside. We, we got to we, check we that did. out. That was a good time. Shoot, how was it for you, Sam? I thought it was, I don't know, like he handmade it. Like he's a musician, right? I feel like he had so much input in it and it was like so autobiographical. Yeah. I was like, this is straight from his brain. And I was really impressed with like just how much it just was him, you know? Yeah, I'm honestly, not sure if he was even a writer or producer, but it seemed like it was. That's I what think I that's thought. Important. Yeah, seriously. I, I so, so a little bit on the dynamic of it. So I think to help, you know, you're kind of actually, yeah. he is actually a, a pretty correct, like in the sense of he may not be the writer or the director, but he was the creator. You know, he gets creator credit and in a way executive producer credit in the sense of, um, well, more executive producer credit than anything else. But it is where the idea comes from, and it's the creative vision that he gets to put out there. And of course, like we talked about before, talk about bringing things full circle. He surrounded himself with collabor- in a collaboration of artists mm-hmm. that are the best at what they do, and that's you know it. It really does show. I think when you're watching, you go that animation. Of course, we've seen the animation of Spider Verse, but it, it fit to the story mm-hmm. that he was trying to tell. And then the sound, of course, we of course we know that. You know, in terms of uh, the the sound design, sound direction, and the, mm-hmm. the the playlist of all the songs fitting perfectly, uh, very baby baby driver esque. I bet. I wonder if in the creative process, maybe we'll learn soon that maybe they they laid out the songs first and then built the story along with it, like they did for like Baby Driver. You know, um, the Baby Driver they laid out the soundtrack first and then they built the story oh, afterwards. Didn't know that. So I oh. wonder if Intergalactic was in that fashion, but I'm sure. Despite the credits, despite what it was shown, I'm sure he was very collaborative with everyone that was involved. You know, like I, it looks like a family affair is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. it looks really good. That That's way. good. I I mean, they definitely like knocked it out of the park. Like I was in awe with the 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 blend of the music and like the animation just being very different. Um, and the art, like like his art of Mr. Rager. Yeah, Mr. Rager. I that thought was that cool. was really you know really telling. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, wow, Mr. Rager is an actual character like in this, you know, it's like that's that's big since that's been a persona of his for years. Right. Like decades at this point. Right. Um, And for me, I mean, I was just in awe of it all. I was like also like I'm not like really in a romance media mood right now, you know, but I was like this, this, this made me like care and like root for everybody. I loved the characters. I loved how everything looked. I loved the music. Um, It made me like the album more. Um, Yeah. I thought the release of the album on the same day of the, yeah, I, I thought it was all dope. So yeah, I, I thought there was something very. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think like these collaborations between music and TV and shows and anime and video games, like I think 
the more we connect them, the better because yeah. it's just better for everyone. I, I'm surprised that we never like really did that after um, the Daft Punk movie, you know, the Interstellar five five five. You know, like why that's not like more of a common thing. I mean, I guess I'm happy it's not like oversaturated, but at the same time, I've always wondered like why there wasn't more uh, movies yeah. like this. It, it, I mean, unfortunately, it comes down to money, right? So yeah, that's it, a good point. it's the, it's the, it's the budget between like these kind of collaborations, especially with big artists. It's the, it's the relationship between not just the artist and a director or a producer. It's the relationship between their label and the studio and everyone that needs to have all the checks and balances crossed off and make sure like we know where the waterfall, waterfall is like all the money that comes in, where does it go and how does it get paid out? That gets defined. That's messy process. And it always takes forever. And sometimes it's enough to kill projects. And it has killed many projects in the past and still killing many projects today. Um, Damn. But yeah, that's why it's hard to do. So when you get to see it, I, you know, I, I hope people listening understand like we should be really, we should really embrace those projects for sure because they, take such a labor of love to do you know everyone involved is trying to cherish the other person's vision and that it's so hard to 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 do but it it when it's done at an execution like if for me intergalactic was a masterpiece you know just feeling how you know i could feel the labor you know i could feel the work they put into it you know and yeah. and uh I don't use that word lightly, but in a world where you see Kid Cudi from back then, Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. to now, here to yeah. releasing Intergalactic, and he's throwing in the classic, some of the some of the old motifs of the old older songs. Like I'm so happy for the guy, you know. I'm so proud of yeah. him, you know. Like he's, Same. and we know his life's been in the public light, and his relationship with Kanye, and like the ups and downs. But he's given us so many gifts, no matter what part of the, his life he's always trying to give back he hasn't dropped out of the game he's continuing to create and he's continuing to flex his, his vision for us to enjoy and hopefully um alleviate our problems with as well i gotta give him his flowers you know he's he's uh he's a voice of a generation we gotta we gotta remember that you know there was a time where when you saw kid cuddy on a roster in a festival that was the reason you'd go you know and i think that still is for many people too i mean certainly if i see kid cuddy on a roster i'm like yeah that's that's big that's a big Part of the music festival, but there was a time when you're like, "Oh, damn, Cuddy's gonna be there." We're oh, bringing yeah. all the homies, you know. Yeah. We're bringing everyone, you know. It was, it was, it was, it was cool to see that Cuddy come back in, a, at least his voice come back in that fashion. I love yeah. that. Movie. That was good. Wow, really well said, though. Absolutely, that. Man, but also, man. I'm a, I'm a slice of life. I'm a slice of life. Rom rom com. You know, I my first film was a rom com. Yeah, like it was, it was part. It was my it was my choir. You know, like it was yeah. singing to the it was singing to the right people. I was like, that's ah. good. For me, because for yeah. me, I guess like I, I don't know what I expect. Maybe some more action or drama or whatever. But I'm I'm really happy like how it played out, and um, I think it was a beautiful movie that like I'm not I'm definitely not in a romance mood right now. But I was like, this is really <laughs> good to watch with a homie, right? <laughs> oh, true. Uh, dude, true, true, true. seriously, I got to bring you back on. Like, it's just much more to your legend that like I'm like <laughs> I I would want out there for sure. Uh, I, I don't I don't know about that. I think I think. What I love is the fact that we get to we get to all vibe together and 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 do it on a whether it's on a podcast or not. Like that's True. having something to talk about is such a hard thing sometimes where it's not going to end up in like a, a well sometimes it gets in a heated debate but in a debate that's like we can 
you are right. You know, Made yeah. in Abyss is 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 more about life than just like yeah, the, the passion the stuff. That yeah, like we're, we're sharing the passion, <laughs> even if it's like not against each other. It's like more like actually, like I mean, I always love like the collaborative passion that you know, like we we can have whenever time we hang out. You know, it's like we, I feel like I always learn something new, right? And like it's like oh, I here's how to see the world a little bit more, and like here's how to like really get more in depth to to the core of what something is like it i'm always learning something with you so it, it's always like dope to talk with you i i will say i i learn i i have so many opportunities to learn from the community as well like for example um a, a good friend of ours is bill butts right i'm gonna yeah. give him a shout out because uh recently hey. um so i had a, a a project that i created during the pandemic called wild and free it's a film with just dogs right and it's about dogs and it's live action and it's these it's about this dog that uh, it's in a world where there's no humans and dogs have, you know, jobs and cars and houses and uh, they do their own thing. They own everything. It's like, it's like Nami. It's like, it's like your cat. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it's about this dog that gets fired and breaks up with her boyfriend on the same day. So she has this panic moment and this, you know, the, her, her ground has fallen through and she doesn't know what to do next. So she gets into a Range Rover and hits the road and travels across the U S trying to find some semblance of peace. And um, the whole story got like put together. Like I wrote a skeleton draft and we took a small crew and we shot the thing. And, it, and every pro every step of the way has been like magic. Everyone that takes it in goes, I'm making a film with dogs. Why not? Cause dogs, cause this, you know, even the colors, uh, shout out to Al. He's, you know, the colors of like Green Knight, amazing, amazing guy. He's coloring this thing the whole time we're coloring and seeing frame after frame of dogs. And he's like, and we're just smiling and laughing. And, and you know, it's just a different process. And then recently, got um, to have the voiceover on it. And for the first time, it was my first time directing uh, voiceover, right? So voice directing. And for the first time voice directing, um, I didn't get to warm up or anything, but the first two people I would voice direct are two people from like Dragon Ball Z of the, from the show that I was watching, like Bulma and Chi-Chi, right? And it's the relationship between um, uh, mother and daughter in the film too, and they're best friends in real life. So you know, uh, Symphony Kranz and uh, Tiffany Vollmer, you know, two amazing Bulma and, and Chi-Chi, and they were amazing. And I was like, how do we, how do I make sure that this is an enjoyable experience, not just a, a typical day at work uh, doing voiceover? So that's where I give credit to the community because I, I hit up Bill, I hit up um, another uh, uh, another voice actor named uh, Griffin as well, Griffith. And like, we got to talk about what are the more enjoyable voice experiences vo uh, like or voice acting experiences they've had and i've learned the common theme was when they get to play when they get to like really get to do what they want versus like being told or line read inflections of the voice of how it should be delivered it's more like we try whole bits and whole sections with memories and directing involved and i got that from them you know like bill bill especially like bill gave a huge example of like a really long day where it was a lot of work, but he did not feel the work at all because he felt like he had a day to do what he wanted to do. And I was like, if I can emulate that, then that's a big deal. So I learn more than, I hope I learn more from the community than people learn from what I, you know, that, that's always the goal. And I think that's the community that we get to be a part of. It's not, I don't think it's pretentious. I don't think there's any toxicity that stays at the top it bubbles down and people bring it back down again journey is a perfect example of that where a lot of the anime fans were are defending diverse stories on crunchyroll you know it's so sick to see that so so that i'm i'm 
very grateful that you know these kind of conversations happen that we get to talk about it in this light because it's nothing but support at least in my experience in this community and i'm grateful for that for sure yeah. that's dope bro yeah it's, it's beautiful <laughs> and it is 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 dope to see you live it out you know it's like it, you're active with it you know so yeah keep all, we all are man that's <laughs> true that's true that's true that's true we we for sure everyone that's here doing this like we are like it but i guess like i'm grateful to you you know being around because you know just like they say like the people that you keep around you they inspire you to do cool things right you're absolutely doing that for me for sure and i'm excited to see like what the upcoming projects how they'll be and like where in the world you'll be next you know so and hey hopefully we get to actually hang out uh some more later on this year in different parts of the world right so that'd be that'd be dope i think japan is on the on the roster right okay sir <laughs> like, yes sir it sounds like that's, you can that's might be the plan hey come on through i right come now, on. So, hey you're always welcome sam are you kidding me yeah <laughs> hell yeah bro you should come for real but dude sai this is an absolutely wonderful time like i like it's, it's dope to just hear like all these stories and like these tidbits and like what you've learned and like to see like where it's taking you so far and i mean bro like i it, this is just the beginning you know like it's, it it just feels like okay the new world is just opening up for you and uh oh, there's so much more to come so i'm super hyped thank you so much for being on the podcast especially like as you know flying around and trying to make it happen and also thanks for giving me some time yesterday um yesterday was the last oh, day of no overwatch one oh, r.i.p r.i.p <sighs> so how uh, was it how was the how's then was it good it was a was great it? ending yeah like yeah it, it definitely <laughs> had ups and downs but i ended more positively than uh, negatively for sure uh and was I your last game was your last game a win beautiful it was a beautiful win it yeah. was yeah, oh okay that, yeah. good i got my comp good. score higher like it's the highest in the season not the highest i'd ever been but it was the highest in the season um mm. i was very happy about that and i just got to do my thing the way i needed to do Nami got in, a, uh, in front of the TV a few times, but I'm just like, whatever. Like, I, Nami's I, like, over here. He's he's there. He's there. Why don't you see it? Know, Why don't right? you see it? Although she's, she's looking at me. He's just like, hey, uh, video game equal food, right? <laughs> Make that happen. <laughs> like, what? Every time you're in the controller, I get fed. You're, I'm you're, just sort of like, yeah, 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 sure. Um, but no, it was, it was, <laughs> thank you very much for giving me some time for that. And, well, uh, I, I am curious for the second one. Yes. What is something that if they don't do it correctly, it'll it's that's it. It's not the same. I do wonder about that. And honestly, I'm very nervous. I'm, I'm going to give some time um, between playing the second one. Uh, and there's some things that they're like that the community is worried about. Like, hopefully it translates well. Uh, and unfortunately, Blizzard itself right now um, is just like such a weird oddity of a company. But um, things that they need to do right this time to like get it some trust. Because also like it's becoming free to play and that's scaring a lot of people. Um, man, what, 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 what? Dang, what do I even? That's a good question, though, because I guess for me, I'm just so like I'm trying to take it as it, it it will be and try not to have expectations on it. I guess. Um, My two things is if it's too much in the pay to play region, yes. I think that turns off a lot of people. That would absolutely, yeah, that would. And turn I think the off. big dagger would be if they start integrating like NFTs. I oh think. yeah, ooh, that's like I haven't seen like too many video games do that yet, and like yeah, like I it feels like it was dying down, so. Hopefully, like I, I know there's a big community of NFTs. Like I'm not I'm trying to just yeah, defense for sure. That. No, 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 no. But I mean, just yeah. seeing like how they are, so that would be bad. I, I, yeah, for me, it'd be like big free to play, like focus. Um, 
And then what what else would I say like would ruin it for me? I guess matchmaking like was like such a huge issue uh, for so many people before. Uh, made a lot of people exit the game, so they really need to focus on that. I'm not sure like what that means or like how to to do that, but that I know Unite Unite kind of has that right now, where Unite yeah. is like people are really frustrated because you win a game and it's amazing. You for solo players like me, like yes, you get matched with a great team, and then the next team you get matched with like people in beginner Boo-boo. class that like <laughs> oh, send no. it send it down and Beginners. they're going after like the wrong yeah. That's but like rough. because they're learning i'm not but no I no no i mean you should get matched like you should get matched yeah exactly that's fine they can learn with themselves right not right you know. <laughs> well you know in a way like that ranking system is like yeah. i know it's meant to keep people balanced yes like but it's so hard to rank up solo man yeah just <laughs> get thrown at these things that definitely makes me sad i definitely solo queued all the time in overwatch so and that was rough so you know the pain yeah. i definitely do yeah oh but i you guys do it yeah, mm. <laughs> I know, right? It's, we're, I don't know, masochism. Just be like, I can, I can overcome. <laughs> is there, is there a perfect game that has done it all right? Like, like Overwatch, like, like a first-person shooter, like mass multiplayer, like that. I feel, I feel people like talk about like older games a lot, like, like Battlefield Three. Oh. I don't know. Like, I never played it, unfortunately. Like for me, I don't have. I, like, don't get me wrong. I, I guess I have my issues, but like, I, I'm not. I don't know what perfection is, honestly. I mean, like, for me, like, like baseline perfect game was Maple Story, but that's not oh. first person shooter. Oh, Maple Story. <laughs> I Maple Story. Maple Story had it down. Like there was a there was. It was a, really grindy though. It was. It was, it was very grindy, but for some reason, it was set up in a way where you could make friends, but also have friends on. It became this there was a magnetic aspect of it that you keep coming back to and be like that's who i am and you start dreaming about that character as a dragon knight or whatever you are or a bandit sin or whatever but um that and then after that it was uh it was it was kind of like diablo diablo 3 was pretty good for me um Mm. but yeah there's 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 a few games it's not every game that does it like you can't really get those perfect games once a while that's true like we never at least in the past we didn't know how to treasure like what was there until it was gone it, hopefully that's something that's changed for people but at the same time probably not but i, I have hope for the future still like I, I don't feel so pessimistic like how so many other people do mm-hmm. i mean it, yeah. it's like if it doesn't work out then you'll find another game exactly right? oh like, yeah like i like <laughs> even if overwatch game. 2 yeah exactly even if overwatch 2 doesn't work out like i would as i hope it would one, I had a great time with Overwatch One. Two, there's so many <laughs> other games that like I do want to try play out. Um, right. Hell, even like there's so many old games I I want to revisit. So I don't really feel yeah. like ah everything is ruined like how some people do. But eh, it is what it is though. So it, I, was, G- I, it was GTA that taught me a lesson in life though. It yeah, GTA, GTA <laughs> yeah. was the one where like GTA Online, a lot of my friends got on, and we would be like after school. Oh you know, really? Down after wow, school you're deep thing. in it, huh? But it was back when you quit when it wasn't inflated. Like it, the the economy uh, right like, now is like inflated because yes. like you can buy so many coins. Yeah. But we were all like working the really hard time. on heists yes. to make money, right? Yeah. And then one day, like hackers were going on and giving everyone like nine 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 coins for fun. Oh wow! And it was the one evening that I had I was doing something, so I couldn't get on with my friends. Oh. But everyone else was on, and the hacker <laughs> came on and gave everyone nine 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 coins. 
And then I came on the next day, and everyone's like super rich, and they got all the cars, and uh, all the planes, uh, and everything. And I'm still like hustling, going, "Hey, when are we gonna do the heist? I can, I can only afford like good. another <laughs> one." And they're like, "You know, we, we don't really need to do a heist right now." And I learned something very quickly about that. I learned that if you get rich quick, like if you get the nine 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 in real life. Is the journey worth it anymore? Like, do you find pleasure in the journey anymore? Do you find pleasure in the hustle, or do your priorities change? And definitely, I think the answer GTA showed me was priorities change with all your friends. We within we played for like four months straight every single day. The day wow. the hacker came in, within a week we stopped playing. Dang. Like it was it was that quick because everyone had no re- motivation to to earn. Keep on anymore. going, yeah. Dang. Yeah, to keep it going. So so take what you will from that. But I learned that you got to keep moving. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Like like Cuddy, like we'll bring it from a circle. Like Cuddy, keep keep moving on, right? Yeah, <laughs> Re- yeah reborn. <laughs> I love that song so much. Damn, that song so good, man. That's 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 something to chew on for sure, though. But it, and also it's sort of a bummer, like how like that great thing sort of messed things up. But it is what it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. End of the day, everyone's rich. Maybe yeah. I'm not the one. They learned a different right. lesson. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my friends are rich. That's wonderful. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm totally great. That's, the journey is worth it, right? It sucks for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a blast. I, I definitely do want to bring you on in the future. Uh, I just know more things are going to happen. So, yeah, part two. Uh, part two after some more things to happen, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many uncovered things, but also I want to know about y'all's journeys in the future as well, because I know what you guys are up to and moving, and, and there's some surprises for the fans as well, and you guys are around the corner doing some big things. So uh, let's let's keep on the gas. And yes. I, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, me. man. Dude, it was an absolute pleasure. Sam, love your questions. Um, everyone, jump on that Project Grindizer uh, contest if you're an artist. Definitely will be posting about that some more, so stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, this was a wonderful time. Uh, I, you know, I always bring dope folks, and I'm always happy by the end of these podcasts, like where it's like, yeah, this guy is a dope guy. So thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate you. Nah, keep, yeah. keep doing your thing. And, you guys uh, are dope. Goswell, you keep, you know, you're, you're a dope guy for bringing me on and everything. And Sam, thank you for bringing in the, uh, the Buster Blade <laughs> level questions, man. That came in with the heavy swings. That's and, Sam. Uh, and I get to walk away from this learning and we'll be pondering a couple of those questions, actually. So um, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm fulfilled. <laughs> so it's good. That's me dope. too. And everybody else, thank you for listening all the way. As always, stay dope, folks. Peace. Peace. Peace.